For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Welcome to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast. Welcome to Moon Day, and welcome to episode 143. Guys, we got a good show on with us tonight is my boy, Psycho Steve. You with us, brother? Physically, mentally, no. Good morning, good afternoon, <laughs> good evening. How are you? Good, man, good. Uh, so hopefully the lovely day will be with us by the end of the show. Uh, she's kind of got her hands full right now with Little Man, but... Uh, Great show for you tonight, this evening, guys. We got a brand new band that has not even left the block yet, man. A band called Satori. Really excited to show them to you because they have like that old school Iron Maiden type feel to them. Uh, The vocals are great. Were you covering my ears? Because I totally agree with you. Yes, sir. Like, it's a killer band, man. And Really excited to show these guys what they sound like and who they are. And uh, what do you think, Steve, when you heard them? I was thinking just the same thing. Uh, very influenced by, like, uh, the old school metal. Um, for example, you said Maiden. I was thinking Priest. 
I was thinking also bands like European Metal, Halloween, Gamma oh, Ray, yeah, all those like European prog metal. But just overall, just incredibly talented individuals. And uh, also coming on tonight, we're going to be joined by the boys at Loungefly. They have a big gig coming up uh, next this coming Saturday at Landis Theater in Vineland, New Jersey. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots Tribute, we're going to be playing a little bit of Stone Temple Pilots Trivia. And the boys will be giving away two passes to the show and two T-shirts. So uh, you guys are going to want to stick around too? for that. Can Say that again, too? Steve. One more time. <laughs> I was like, can, can we play too? Oh, man. I'll tell you what. I don't know. I, I know the first two albums of Stone Temple right. Pilots. I'm not up on their trivia. But the cool thing is with with uh, Loungefly, what they're doing this weekend is they're playing the first two Stone Temple Pilots albums in their entirety. So Wow. That That's pretty cool. I don't claim the shame I have about Stone Temple Pilots. I've seen them twice in concert. They one time they played the Roseland in New York City, and they came out in Kiss makeup, which was really oh, cool. Wow. And then the second time I saw them is when they did Unplugged. Nice for MTV and VH1. But I, I, I can't say like I'm a diehard fan. I, I, I am a fan, but I you know, and I've seen like the Delio Brothers and stuff like that, and. I, I definitely dig their music and everything, and I don't consider I don't think they're grunge. I don't know why people say they're grunge because they came out of the '90s. Is, is that why? I just think they're just a straight up great hard rock band. I'll tell you what, they're yeah. one of the very few bands that I actually kind of like from that era. And right. um, yeah, I agree with you, man. They they don't they, they got lumped in with that grunge scene, but uh, I think. I don't even know if they come from Seattle. No, I think they're the San Francisco band. But maybe that's so, one of the trivia questions. Maybe we have to ask the guys the band and they can tell us. You know? And they also showered, too, because most of the grunge bands, I think that's the reason <laughs> why they were called grunge, because they were kind of grungy, you know? Even though I love Alice in Chains, I love um, Soundgarden. I'll tell you a really cool story about Soundgarden later. Um, but they, they were just awesome uh and then you know pearl jam their first couple albums were good but then they were like meh you know but i I don't get the whole grunge thing and you know i just think it was just a different tuning of rock and roll just the same thing like hair bands you know yeah yeah i agree and like you know soundgarden was another one soundgarden was another one of those groups that like i was not a super fan of, but I had a lot of respect for Chris Cornell and his voice. Oh, and incredible. He, he did a tune with Alice Cooper. Uh, God, I want to say it was back in 94. Right. And uh, phenomenal song. But talking about phenomenal songs and uh, along those lines, we got our featured song of the week yet. Steve, I don't know if you checked this out yet. Babylon Shakes has a new song out. Have you seen the video? I have not seen the video, but I heard the song. So, yeah, guys, we're going to go ahead and listen to that tune now. Uh, If you haven't had the chance to check out the video, go to YouTube. Make sure you do that. Make sure you subscribe to their page. Anyway, here is Babylon Shakes with Drink My Wine.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts, and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer, The Maestro, former Impact performer, Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor, Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality, Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys. Back here with my boy, Psycho Steve. And uh, this next band, uh, brother, we just got done talking about them. 
and really, really excited to see what happens with this band. And Small World, we, me and Steve were talking uh, during commercial, and we both know guys from the band, close friends we've been running with for a while. And uh, what do you think, Steve? Uh, it's just it's two degrees of Psycho Steve. The hell with Kevin Bacon. Because if you play two degrees or three degrees of Kevin Bacon, I could do that with me easily. But then if you do that with just me, like one or two with pretty much everybody, I'm up for the challenge. You mentioned one person. In the music industry or entertainment industry, I could be tied to them between two to three people. You know what, Steve? I'm going to take you up on that challenge, man. Um, just for our listeners' sake, if you guys can come call in with someone that is not affiliated with that, I'll throw in a Rock and Roll Union 2021 T-shirt. Our number here is 914-338-1885. If you want to throw somebody in there and Steve will backtrack to that person, right. you, you, if, you, if he can do it, you win a T-shirt. How's that, Steve? Sound fair? I think that's more than fair because I don't think they could do it. So, come on, bring your big guns out there, people. So, so we're going to go ahead and listen to a little bit of Sartori. Uh, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing the name correctly. They're going to be calling in momentarily. But uh, here's their song, Evil Heart. Awesome tune.
That was the gift by the fifth. Was really hoping to see them this weekend, this past weekend at the BLE show, but uh, Bradley unfortunately was uh, is down and out for the time being. Man, our thoughts, prayers, hopes, everything is with him. Man, great guy. Absolutely, hundred percent, true to the core, man. Uh, I, I cannot. There's not a not and there's not even one what's adjective to describe him except being. Real, I guess yeah. Just, just like we're allowed to curse on here, right? Hell yeah, brother. Okay, no fucking bullshit with him. He tells it like it is, and he's family. Simple. Yeah, you know? that's it. We here at uh, Rock and Roll Union, I know uh, the Metal Summit. We all run in the same circles. So uh, we all run, BL, uh, BLE is another component in the wheel of everything that we do. So our thoughts and prayers are with him. And uh, yeah. like I said, Question, a major component. Again? Uh, Steve, I know you're coming up on, uh, you're, you're going to be doing an MC event for the uh, masquerade. Yes, sir. Me and Mr. Jay Oakley, October 28th through the 30th, uh, over – 24 bands in three days from locals, regionals to nationals. And let me just the, the character that Mr. Bradley is, because last year this was going to happen. And it was only going to be two days. And unfortunately, because of COVID, it got postponed. And the thing is, he is refunding the people that wanted their refund. However, the people that held onto their tickets, he added a third day. And you know what he's not doing? He's not charging people for the third day for the extra band. I got band. so much respect. I mean, I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, and if I am, Steve, you can sure as hell call me on my bullshit. But right? what he did with Masquerade to me was so high, far, and above what he had originally planned for Ballroom Blitz that those right. people that were holding on the tickets – Really got lucky on this one. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and I I don't know any promoter, uh, me included, because I've promoted shows in the past, booked them, promoted them, everything. It just speaks to the character of the type of person he is, and it's not just because he he wants to get his name out there and everything like that. It just the caliber of a person he is, because. He takes chances on new new talent, old talent, and everything in between, which is freaking awesome. Yeah, speaking absolutely. Of, speaking of talent, who, what was the name of that band we just played? That was The Fifth. The Bit. Wow. I, I was that doing that. Same, uh, that is the same singer that is in Steel City. Oh. I, I kind of can hear it, but I wasn't sure. Just. Wow, yeah, dude. Definitely very, 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 very good. See, guys and girls, there's so many damn talent. See, that's why I do this, because I have no talent. But there's so <laughs> many talented people out there. It's just, wow, very cool. Thank you for sharing that song with me, man. Yeah, that uh, that band was supposed to play this past weekend at the BLE event. Um, I was actually fortunate to get out and see my boys in Tantric. Didn't get that interview like I had uh, 
promised you guys, but that was uh, just logistical reasons and everything going on with the band that night. And uh, with them playing to a home crowd, they were torn in a thousand different places. So I just wasn't able to pinpoint everybody at the same time. So, but a uh, phenomenal show. Ah, uh, well, I'll reach out to John, the drummer, because, you know, Tantric isn't what Tantric was. There's a couple new guys in the band. Uh, the newest member of the band happens to be their drummer because they've been through drummers like, I don't know, when I used to have hair, changed their hair style or whatever. But they, they have a new drummer. His name's John Laurie. He's actually a Jersey boy. He's a triplet. I don't know if you know about this. This is a really cool no. factoid. So he has a band with his brothers called Triple Addiction. I met them about two years ago when they did uh, played with, believe it or not, Dr. Dave's band. And they also played with um, Janet Gardner and her husband, um, James, what's his first name, his guitarist. Oh, my God, this is really bad. Uh, but, yeah, they have you know, the Janet Gardner band, and it was really cool. And they were called Triple Addiction. Wow. And they're brothers. It was like a hard rock version of Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> but they were really good. I'm not knocking Hanson because Hanson is incredibly talented. But I, I'm just saying a little harder edge than Hanson. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hanson, a little popish kind of thing. So uh, it looks like we have the boys from Sarge. Um, like I keep saying, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing the name right. I believe we have the boys from Sarge. Yeah, hello? Oh, <laughs> All right, yes. It is Sartori. It, you know, it's an Italian name. Uh, but yeah, as you pronounce it correctly, uh, it's Sartori. So good afternoon, Chris. <laughs> How are you, brother? I'm all right. Gotta be Rod, man. Rod, Rod's got the voice of a thousand different people. No, oh, no, I know. no, that's Angie. Buonasera. Buonasera. <laughs> oh, so tu parla italiano. Oh, my. Oh, tu sei italiano puro, eh? You know, wow. if you don't speak Italian, what well, you know, this is what it is. If you speak Spanish, you don't speak Italian. All you need to do is speak Spanish with an Italian accent, and you can get away with it. Ah. Yeah, and you also have to use your hands too. <laughs> it's true. So, you got to use your hands. Well. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to explain to you guys. It's a small world. Um, Rod, I didn't know if you knew. I have a new co-host. His name's Psycho Steve. And Psycho Steve goes back with another band member that you guys have named Don. And Dino. 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 I'm sorry, Dino. Dino. And it, it's, just, it's a small world, man. Yes, it is. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Steve, what's, what's up? up? How are you, bro? Good. Good. See, I told you the two degrees of Psycho Steve is in full effect. Because Andy emailed me, but Dino got me the CD or got me a single to listen to before the CD was released. And now I put it in a couple of record executives' hands because I keep my word. And I, of course, because they gave me a copy. And only way I sold them, I keep a copy. And by the way, um, Mr. Santori, since you're on the phone, I'm going to yes. put you on the spot for this. Uh, when I do meet you, uh, because Dino signed it, you need to sign the CD as well. Oh, absolutely. Okay, good. All right. Continue. But you know what's great about that? Nobody ever asked the bass player to sign anything. Oh, really? Well, 
<laughs> Listen, yeah, I, I can tell you divide by two. He has the bass player complex kind of stuff. Uh, no, it's just an old joke. We're always like considered yeah, sort of like nobody you. knows what to do with us. <laughs> I can tell you, I've seen yeah. him have signed plenty of things. The judge said, you know, the cops said sign here. The judge said, "Sign here." My attorney yeah, you signed here. <laughs> Credit card bill signed here. The check for the yeah. tax security tax uh, tax assessor <laughs> signed here. Exactly. Or my or my account divorce signed. degree yeah. signed here. Exactly. I'm just about to say my child support. Please sign here. Not to cut and you guys short, but I think we like have me. another person joining the fray that uh, wasn't in the initial mm-hmm. round. Uh, who else is on the phone now? Uh, it's Fran Leone. Hello. Oh, hey, how are you? Oh, hey, Fran. <laughs> Hello. Hey, I'm here up? to join and support the band. Wow. Awesome. I thought you were calling to talk to us or just Well, me. I would love to talk to you also. They say I have a great phone voice, but I'm going to leave it up to you guys to continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would agree. Do with I that. have a chance in radio? Let me know. Uh, no, you're too pretty because the thing is, I'm the one that's perfect face for radio. So sorry, yeah. Steve. That's that's right, us, Steve. So, yeah, right here with you, bro. But, uh, <laughs> wanted to touch on the origins of you guys. Now, Rod, you and I go back a ways, man. Back to the very beginning of rock and roll union with uh, Paradise oh, yeah. Rose when Jeez, you were in just there. like when you're literally like your first couple weeks back in the – Yeah, it was like you, three years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah, we're we're going on. Uh, well, October will be our third year. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you first saw us at the Queen in, uh, on St. Patty's Day. Yeah, that was uh, St. Patrick's Day show. Yep. Wow. And uh, and then I followed you over to Ancient Mariners and now into Sartori, and I I got to ask you. As opposed to the yep. other bands, now I, aside from it being original, what makes the guys that you work with in this band different to different or whatever? What what's the difference with this band as opposed to anything you've been involved with before? As far as comparing to other original bands, I would say the technical expectations are pretty high up. It's awesome. a lot more than just doing basic pentatonic riffs. It's definitely you got to be really careful with the timing, got to be really careful with how the riffs I play and go along with the double bass and go along with the chord structures that Andy's doing. So it's it definitely caused me to step my game up. Nice. Now, uh the other question that I had was, uh, I was reading your profile. Uh, this is going out to the whole band. You guys okay. uh, spoke briefly about working in time signatures or other kind of uh, other kind of arrangements that maybe some other bands wouldn't do. Can you guys elaborate on that a little yeah. bit? Well, yeah, that comes back to me actually. Well, see. I'm a classically trained musician, right? And uh, my biggest influence is Mozart. So what makes a difference from other guitar players? See, a lot of people use Johann Sebastian, which is about speed and technique. But my big thing is Mozart because 
not just the speed and technique, but Mozart through the era creates something very unique, make more technical songs, but at the same time, very commercial and melodical. So, you know, that's what it makes a difference. Uh, that's what the difference is, if you know the truth, you know. So it's not just a timing thing, you know. I, I like guitars. Each song, I always record layers and layers of guitars. So sometimes people listen to the songs, they think there are like a keyboard player running on the background, but there isn't. It's just really a four-piece band. So of right. course, there comes the speed and the technique, of course. You know, it's a very, very technical kind of music, but I still, you know, to this day, everything I compose, you know, it has to have this strong characteristic. It has to be technical, but it has to be very melodical and very commercial. So it means something that people listen, you know, and it's good, you know, sounds good. That's, I think that's the way music should be, but that's my influence in those movies. I know people, that's my, my goodness, there are so many uh, classical composers out there, you know, to have influence from, but, you know, my favorite, you know, has always been Mozart. That's that's definitely that's for sure. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, was yeah. So you well, know, so and yeah, and see that's see if you if you I know we're not into Mozart, but see if you pay attention, every instrument that he writes to in a symphony, you know, it's for everybody in the same pattern. So I always wanted not to fall in that category or. Guitar virtuoso that, okay, if my guitar and the rest is, you know, just follow me kind of stuff. I never liked that idea, you know. So every everybody, every instrument from vocals, drums, bass, they have to be in the same pattern. They all have to be technical. They all have to be melodical. So it's not just about my guitar. You know, I never wanted just to be about my guitar, you know, and that's it. You know, when I compose music, I want everything to be as one, you know. I don't know if you get my point on that one, but absolutely. Uh, so I have a question. Yes. So my question is, okay, you get a label interest and everything. What's next for Santori besides getting a deal? Do you guys? Oh, uh, tours, absolutely. Like dates booked already? Uh, and no, shows coming up. Or you're just more focused on getting it? Uh, well, there are some stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about yet okay. for next year. But uh, we hopefully, that in the meantime, before we have to go to that part of our careers, I'd like you know, us to get a good solid distribution deal at least, you know. Because it's much right. better going on the road when you have an album for sale then, you know, go on the road and then try to get yourself out there, you know. So it's always a, a better have, like, a record company backup kind of stuff, you know. So Absolutely. the idea is definitely, yeah, have first a good solid record deal, and then, yes, tour as much as possible. Whatever we can go. <laughs> gotcha. You got two bar mitzvahs? I beg your pardon? <laughs> for, you, for you, Steve, will do it. For you, Steve, will do sure, it. Sure, why not? Because <laughs> <laughs> my so, oldest son's going to be 13 next year, so that's what I'm asking. And, right. You know, and honestly, one of my big goals for next year is for us to have our own action figures. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, I think Rod, Rod, you need to stop hanging out with Gene Seamus, I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just arrested development. I mean, yeah. it, it would just be so cool to have your own action figure. 
Yeah, I, I can see oh. Rod Dreams like, you know, buying a lunchbox, Sartori lunchbox. <laughs> I think that would be pretty cool. A Psycho Steve action figure with a Kung Fu grip or something like that. I think that would oh, be pretty cool. <laughs> you know, I just, or I, I think you have, like, like your a, own superhero outfits that go along with it. You know, like everybody in the back can have, like, a superpower that's based right. on your instrument. Absolutely. It's a good you idea. Know, but, uh, I just don't want to look like one of those old G.I. Joe dolls, you know, with oh, the yeah. hair, the hair, like the Yeah, you could press yeah, in the it, back. Was it the one that you could press into the back and the hand would go up and down like a karate chop? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I'll be wrong. I mean, my favorite G.I. Joe was always Falcon. You know, I used to love that, man. I was a kid, but... I mean, you know, because he could move the eyes, you know, had a little switch on the back. But come on now, man. I don't see myself in a paper box with my name on it and holding a guitar full of flames, you know. Yeah, yours could, like, yours could have, like, pick-flinging action. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, would, like, it, it would shoot picks out to get rid of the bad guys. It would be like discuses or Chinese throwing stars. <laughs> you know, to like throw drumsticks, and they can throw picks. Well, there you go. There you go. That's the bass yeah. player talking. You can tell. Of course, what you expect. <laughs> I think this should be a comedy act instead. <laughs> so the question I also have for you: Now that the album is done, and of course working on label and everything, as far as in, how did this band form? Because you're all like the singers from North Carolina, drummer, uh, well, the guitarist, you are in Pennsylvania. So, how did, did you guys know each other or did someone yeah. say, hey, we practiced, what? I have this great no, drummer named Dino? No, we're very close to each other, really. I mean, except for Scott. Right. So, uh, I, have a, I have a full studio in my house, you know, and uh, right. that's where we practice when we have to. And uh, with Scott, yeah, you know, we just uh, get together here, you know, they can stay in my house and uh, prepare like one week or two weeks before, you know, you have to go on tour and stuff. And it's all good, it's all good you know. Uh, I'm cool. I'm blessed to be surrounded by professional musicians, you know, so they don't have that uh, kind of six-month practice, you know, kind of stuff. We don't have to do all of that, you know. They know their parts. They're technical musicians. They're very professional. <coughs> we just get together, and, you know, one day after another, practice, take the road, you know. That's how uh, how we do things, you know. And I have to say that uh, more than lucky, I'm blessed to have the guys I do, you know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so no, singing, because you guys are, uh, you know, here at the accent, the Italians. Everything. Did you ever think about doing a song in an Italian? Uh, not really. I trust me. I sing opera. I did the Conservatory of Classical Music, and I used to sing opera. And uh, awesome. I do. Wow. And I do sing in Italian, but it's beautiful. Italian is a very beautiful language, but uh, in terms of heavy metal, I don't really think it really fits. <laughs> I mean, have you ever listened to uh, uh, There's a uh, German band called. Uh, a power metal band, I forgot the name, Hammerfall. So I yeah. saw them on a TV show in Germany singing one of the metal songs in Germany, and it sounds horrible. <laughs> you know, yeah. 
I think when it goes to metal music, I think the universal language is definitely English, you know, because really the British create have metal, you know, Americans create rock and roll, British create have metal, and, and you know, in the end, it's like, okay, the, you know what I'm saying, the language is meant to be with that kind of music, you know. But I heard even from Portuguese, Spanish, I heard metal, uh, metal songs, you know, played and sung in many different languages, you know. But trust me, they all don't, it sounds like something's missing, you know. Uh, you like, know for funny? instance, there's a, a band called Rata Blanca. They're from Argentina. They uh, do power metal. Oh, my all God, they're Andes. so awesome. Yeah, oh, God, they all good. play in Spanish. But see, some songs sound good, but some sound kind of weird, you know, because I think the language, you know, I think English is the main language for metal music, to be honest. You know what's funny, Chris? What's that, bro? Do you remember when uh, Total Crush was playing at the Bourne? You stayed over down in AC, and I was driving around with you. Remember I was playing that Russian heavy metal band for you? I do. Russian. I do remember that. It is is funny, though, when you think about it, the universality of this type of music, where you have entire genres and entire markets that aren't even in English. Yeah. So it it just goes to show the universality of what we're doing and the fact that no matter what people say, this music is not done. People have been saying this type of music has been dead since, Led Zeppelin hit its peak, and it hasn't gone anywhere. It's warped, it's changed, but that's what any music does. Oh, so yeah, it's just, that. It's just awesome that you hear all these different groups and all these different people, even in different languages in English, because, you know, they're keeping, they're keeping the music going and passing it down to the next generation. Well, good music never dies, you know. So the problem is you have oh, your 80s one hit wonders, but... Two bands with true music, there's always market and, and space out there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, mm-hmm. True music never dies. My goodness, to this day, I still get my vinyl LP burned by Deep Purple and I still listen to it like it's r- brand new, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Good music never dies. Now, my question sure. is, are you guys prepared? Because I, I really see it going this way because it's gone this way for every other band in the past 20 years to be bigger overseas than where you are here because it feels like there's such more of a faithful following overseas in Europe than there is here as far as rock metal or any of that's concerned. I've been saying that since I joined the band. I've been saying that since I joined the band. That's what our target is. That is probably where we'll see our most success. And I have no problem with that. I love Europe. Oh, yeah, no, but I don't, yeah. I don't often that way. I don't have a market now. See, my music is to everybody who wants to listen to it, you know, so it can be in freaking Indonesia. I don't care. So, really, I don't think it has a bigger flow in Europe. It might be more support. Because, yes, things like Hammerfall, they go take uh, their European, um, uh, how do you call the stuff on TV? They give the pop stars, Grammys. Okay, in Europe, they give Grammys to bands like Hammer Fall. Here, you don't see a metal band go to take a Grammy. You see a damn freaking pop or hippie hop or whatever, but you don't see metal. See, there, there, right. are, there are more support in Europe, yes. In terms of following, I, I disagree. I mean, there are fans worldwide, you know, for anything. I mean, you know, so really, 
I, I don't think following, but support, yes. There's more support in Europe. They give more recognition, you know, in Europe than they would give in America if you're talking about in terms of radio, TV, you know, media. Yes, there's definitely more support. But uh, even then, Japan is the biggest. Japanese people oh God, buy yeah. anything from posters to picks, guitar picks, that has your name yep. on it. The, you know, so if you want to go in terms of following support, then it's not even Europe, it's Japan. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I think there's you know, a little difference back there, over there, you know, because like you said before, like there is your European metal and everything, and you got your metal over here, but over there, it's still more, like over here, it's more about what you look like, not what you sound like. Because unfortunately, look at the, the, the artists of over here, you know, they really, it's, can you really name an American metal band that really, that has chart hits? Because if you go over Europe and everything, because BBC Europe and everything, they play metal. You go to Europe, yeah. you go to Germany, you go to Italy, you go to France. But in America, you have good bands like Man of War, Sabotage, they have metal. They are not mm-hmm. your, uh, you know, your hair band stuff, you know. But in terms of Europe and Italy, you know, uh, ask Dino about that because he's been in Italy for a while. Yeah, he just came yes. back for a while. Yes. Hey, right. how you doing? Come Hey, paisano. Um, well, what, 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 I, what I think, like Andy said, it's definitely a worldwide thing, but I really do think that Europe, just like I was looking at today, you know who's the biggest band in Europe right now? Burning Witches, or female, from, from uh, Switzerland. You know what I'm saying? And they got um, Japan then, then, then you got that. Then you still have Halloween, you know? Um, Hell yeah. I, uh, you, you know? They, so, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's Powerful really big there. glory hammer. <laughs> yeah. It's so odd. But, uh, it's yeah, sad, I, I think you're... Huh? I think it's sad what? that metal bands don't get the recognition as they should over here, like they did. Because back in the 80s, that's all it was played on a majority of top 40 stations or top 100 radio stations was rock or metal. You know, you did have right. your pop. And everything, yeah. they, they, they dominated Stockin yeah. and Winger and Warren and freaking well, yeah, your hair dominated MTV yeah, and VH1. And, you know, and now you barely hear about a New York, a, an American metal band. And if you consider Five Finger Death Punch a metal band, okay. Oh, no, unfortunately, um, they have walked today and they think, yeah, I mean, which is, I really get mad with that because they are not metal. You know, you can't call that heavy metal. Heavy metal is Iron Maiden, you know what I'm saying? Sabotage, right. that doesn't matter. You can't say, you know, bands like that are metal. And that's unfortunately, you know, these days people, you say heavy metal, they think that. And that's absurd, really. Well, you know, it's weird. I remember even in the early and mid-90s, I was living in Vegas at the time. But when you were in Vegas, you would hear Metallica, Megadeth, White Zombie, Pantera. You would hear all that on FM radio. Yep. Right. And now FM radio in general, when you think about it, literally all they play is top 40. And I'm wondering if a lot of it is in Europe, you still have a lot of broadcasting that has state funding, whether in the United States, everything is 
commercial space. So the lowest common denominator music to the mass amount of people is what advertisers want to hear. They don't care about it as an art. To them, it's just putting stuff on the radio to get people to buy whatever product they're selling. That's right. Well, that's your big corporation. If you get a, a guy who's signed by Sony Music, of course Sony's going to push them like Coca-Cola on the freaking gas station. But you need to understand that that's on the way. I mean, I used to live in London, and the radios are not much better. Actually, to be honest, they play more rock and metal here on radio stations than they play in London, if you want to know the truth. Wow. Here, like every state, you have two or three rock stations. Like, you know, even in North even in North Carolina, which is like, you know, Booneyland, they had the night 2.3, they have the Buzzard, 100.3, and they all play for freaking Journey, Bon Jovi, and play a pop, Billy Idol, and, but play rock. So America really plays more rock in rock stations than Europe. And I can tell you because I live there. It's not that no. much greater. They may give more support in terms of Grammys and video clips on TV shows, but really... Radios don't play. You don't hear a lot of Stratovarius or freaking Hammerfall on the radio station. You don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it doesn't go that way. So that's why, oh, Europe gives more support. It doesn't. It, it, that's what, Europe is big. America is one country. Then Europe, you have like more than one country. Each country, they, they, they have their own ways. You know what I'm saying? But my goodness, in Philadelphia here, we have Bam Bam and you have the other guy. I forgot his name, but they play everything from the coat. To freaking Bon Jovi or Metallica. So, well, that's at least rock. If it's not metal, at least it's rock and rock to metal. So, you know what I'm saying? You go in the uh, radios in London, you're going to hear shit like The Police and Madonna. So, you know what I'm saying? Now that it's not really like much better like people say it is. America is still, at least in terms of radio, give more support to rock music than any European county. Trust so wow. not to cut you guys off, but we're we're quickly running out of time. We're gonna have to take commercial break mm-hmm. soon. But uh wanted to ask you guys, how do people go about finding Sartori and finding any of your, uh, your music that's coming out? Do you guys have social media pages, that kind of thing? Yes. Yes, you can find as well. Dino is the PR on this, so Dino can tell you all about that. <laughs> okay, yeah, we have a, a page on Facebook, Sartori. Um, they could go on that and find us, and um, they could hear the one song on that. And we also have the song on YouTube, you know, Satori, uh, Evil Heart, that we're playing a lot. And um, and they could sign up for that, you know. I'm 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 up to my limit on friends. I got five thousand friends that I sent everybody. So. Um, Is there a reverb nation? To, you know? Reverb nation, right? It brings you to reverb nation too, you know. The one video is linked up on the website, on the uh, Facebook page. So, Do you guys have an yeah, expectant right. date for the album? No. That's going to depend on the label because see, labels go by calendar. So, gotcha. you know what I'm saying? We are like in the middle of summertime. So if everything works out, you're looking like probably winter release, you know? Hell yeah. So you guys yeah. are still fishing that out. Do I... I got to honestly say, and I know Steve stands behind me in this, is you you guys are bound for big things. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, thank, oh, thank you. you. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah. thanks. It's good to hear that. 
But even then, I'd like to thank you, you know, for the opportunity, you know. I mean, to be here talking to you and you guys, I think it's really awesome, you know. Thank you so much, and thanks a lot for enjoying the music. Uh, Absolutely. My pleasure. (laughs) So, (laughs) guys, so thank you so much for being on tonight. Uh, We got to go to a quick commercial break, but uh, thank you so much for everything. And please keep us up to date, Rod. You know where to post everything on our page. Yep. So uh, just keep everything up to date for us, guys. Okay. Appreciate you having us on. Yeah, yeah, man. Thank you so much indeed. You guys have a great rest of your evening. You too. Thank you so much, buddy. You rock. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Works. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive-free content includes past interviews with huge names like Paul Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. This is your amiga, Shelly from Cali, to let you know you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 
9 Eastern on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Union Podcast, guys, here with Psycho Steve. And coming up momentarily, our boys from Lounge Fly will be calling in. And uh, for you guys who are listening in, if you want your chance to win two tickets to the Landis Theater this weekend to see Lounge Fly, phone number is 914-338-1885. And I believe we might have Ira on the line now. Is that you, Ira? CT, what's up? Hey, brother. How are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Good. Uh, so let me introduce you to my other uh, my other half on the show. This is uh, Psycho Steve. Good evening, sir. Hey there. Are you Psycho? Are you Steve? Are you are you Mr. Psycho? What do we do? <laughs> uh, just don't call me late for dinner. How about that? <laughs> I would. I would never do that. It's good meeting you. Right man. on. Because I like to eat. Actually, I was eating during the, the break, so I had to make the right. dad. So just I just you know. got done. Oh, me too. So yeah, I I was just like I have to maintain my dad bod, even though I went to the gym for the first time in about a month and a half today. I'm feeling it. I I I went a little overboard, so I'm hurting a little. Okay. So I took a nap. Take it easy. My only day off. Nice and and I was like, yeah, I should. Like, whatever. So don't well. forget CT to mention because so, you're not just giving them those tickets away and the T-shirt for them, the T-shirt for them. We're also giving away our T-shirt because we're having a little contest and you can participate, Ira, if you like. I said, okay. you know, you know, the ter- you know, you've heard the term six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? Of course. Okay, so we're doing two to three degrees of Psycho Steve. So now that you and I know each other, see, there's the one degree because you knew CT and CT knows me. There you go. Right. So, okay. so I'm I'm seeing if someone can really stump us on somebody. You throw out somebody in the music industry, and I will tell you how I know them or how I'm affiliated with them. I'm confident enough that I know I'm going to be wearing a T-shirt by the end of the show, even though <laughs> I never <laughs> had one. Just dropping little Can I, can I start? Over. Yeah, go ahead, bro. All right, Steve. I don't know your history, but I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna throw Celine Dion out there. Wow. Okay. okay. So Celine Dion wrote with Desmond Child. Desmond Child was a guest on my show on the Metal Summit. He was also a guest on um, Hair Today Gone Tomorrow, and I did backup tracks with him and Paul Stanley on the Shocker soundtrack. There you go. Uh, oh shit! Well, you annihilated me. All right. <laughs> and I'm also, I am also, I am his third favorite Jew. <laughs> so, just so uh, well, if he met me, hopefully I'd be his second. So, uh, well, no. So it goes. It, I I thought I was I thought I was like fourth or fifth, but Paul didn't call him back recently, meaning uh, Stanley. So yeah, he dropped a it. couple notches. So I went up. So because when Desmond Child calls. You damn better answer the phone. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so um, Desmond and Paul have a very long history. As you know, yeah. Desmond has written for everybody. Um, of course. So, yeah, so my ongoing <laughs> joking thing with Desmond is that I'm your favorite Jew. He's, besides his accountant, his attorney, Paul, Stanley, <laughs> and then maybe me. And then because Paul kind of 
fucked up recently, so not returning his call. So uh, Desmond said I'm his third favorite Jew or so, fourth favorite Jew. So I would imagine, Steve, that, that, that Desmond and Paul have a better relationship than I have with Paul because my, my run-in with Paul was when I was living in L.A. in 1990 trying to be a rock star, and uh, he was in line in front of me at the hardware store buying light bulbs. And, uh, wow. Yeah. And I just said, hey, Paul, you guys are really great, I think was all I could get out of my mouth at that point. <laughs> so, yeah. I was like uh, 19 years old and, and a little starstruck. <laughs> so I got to ask real quick, Ira, before we go any further, I'm going to throw this out there early. Did you have yeah. a uh, Stone Temple Pilots trivia question for our listeners, I guys? The phone number here is 914-338-1885. Once again, that's 914-338-1885. And the, the prize is thanks to our uh, great friends at Loungefly, two tickets to this weekend at the Landis Theater and two T-shirts. So, Ira, what That's do you got? Right. All right. So, first off, if you've never seen our T-shirts, they're, they're, they're awesome. We have a great logo, and they look amazing. Uh, and the show this Saturday night, the 17th at the Landis, if you've never been to the Landis, uh, it's rock concert all the way. It's hot. The sound is insane. The lights are insane. It's a beautiful theater. Um, and we are doing, uh, from front to back, the first two records, we're doing core front to back, then we're taking an intermission, and then we're doing purple. So it's like a ton of music, a great theater, um, and the people at the Landis are, are amazing also. So support the local music scene, the arts, Absolutely. and everything by going to see an awesome rock show, for sure. Sweet. Okay. Absolutely. So Thanks, man. So, so here is the trivia question for two free tickets and uh, two free Loungefly t-shirts. So Stone Temple Pilots had seven number one hits in their career. Name three of them. And the three three should be easy. They've had seven. Oh, yeah. Name, name three. Oh, yeah. so I can participate in this. <laughs> right. You're disqualified, Steve. <laughs> yeah, Steve, you're disqualified. Should I set four, guys? Four of them? Now we'll say three, right? Yeah, we'll say three. Uh, but that okay. that's very easy, man. Uh, no kidding. You know, the other day I was coming home listening to Plush, and I was just like, because I'm listening to the first two albums to just refresh myself before I come see you guys this Saturday. And really excited. We were talking earlier in the show that we feel that Stone Temple Pilots was kind of lumped in unfairly with that grunge movement. And that yeah. they were a little bit different, a little outside of that a little bit. What do you think, Ira? I, I agree 100%. I was just having this conversation uh, on um, – I was on, the whole band was actually on a, another podcast last week with a friend of ours, um, a couple friends of ours, and having a, a similar conversation. And um, I agree 100%. And if you listen – you don't even have to listen that closely, but if you just keep one thing in mind when you listen to – especially that early uh, Stone Temple Pilots, the first two albums, um, and, you, and you keep Zeppelin in mind. It's, it's, it's what it is. It's all Zeppelin grooves. It's thick, uh, uh, Les Paul playing guitar. It's bass and drums that are, like, dragging through the mud and uh, slow and heavy. And um, it's, it's totally just heavy rock with all the Zeppelin vibe that you can handle. And... Um, 
And that's what I love about it so much. It's just so fun to play on the drums. I can I can beat the crap out of my drums all night and uh, and and just have a blast with it. Well, and I'll tell you what, guys, that, nobody hits them harder than Ira does. <laughs> I have not seen you live. I, I will confess because we were talking about it also because I was blessed and fortunate to get to see Stone Temple Pilots twice live. I got to see them once awesome. when they, at the Roseland when they dressed up in Kiss makeup. And then yeah. when they also did the show for uh, MTV or VH1 Unplugged. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the vibe I got because, like you said, I didn't feel that they were they were looped into – uh, because I think radio execs, and I've been on the radio forever, 27 years now, um, that they looped them in as the grunge because they came out in the 90s, and that's why they called them grunge. But honestly, I just think they were just straight up like a hard rock band. And then one of their hits, I'm not going to say what song, but it reminded me, if you listen to the uh, the melody of the song or the music of the song, not the lyrics, but the music, yeah. it's War Machine by Kiss. Uh-huh. I know where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I'm just saying I, that's just my personal perspective. But you know, yeah. and they, they had a, such a, like a really good power groove rock band. Hundred percent. You know. You know. So we, what, what, and they were just so what, freaking talented. Oh my God! Well, the songwriting is amazing. The lyrics are are beautiful and disturbing at the same time. Scott was a genius and. Rob, the bass player, is a, a, a genius, and, and uh, the rhythm section's insane, and, and Dean is just uh, laying all kinds of noise all over the top of it, and um, it just turns out to be this, uh, like you said, just this heavy rock, and, um, you know, we, we play, of course, we play the hits, you know, we were playing a show two Friday nights ago, and it was really interesting to see, uh, and we were playing, in, you know, at a, at a, at a packed bar, uh, like, you know, couldn't even move in the place. And um, how many people were singing? And we play deep cuts too, right? I mean, we play heavy deep cuts. And how many people were singing those songs all around the bar? And then we play plush, and the place exploded. Like, like everybody was singing it. Hmm. it. It was just, uh, it was insane. They were almost louder than us, and we're, we're, we're loud. Um, and uh, they were... They were almost louder than us. The entire place was was going nuts. So it's like you get all of that stuff, all of like every side of it. You get you get pop that's still heavy. You get thick heavy um, stuff. They they touch metal a little bit sometimes. They they um, they get totally like trippy and and vibey a lot too with stuff like uh, you know with um, big empty and, and creep and stuff like that. It just it just it, it goes every and then in the middle even a heavy song can break down into this like trippy kind of, of, of place yeah. they go. It's just, it's just killer stuff. Absolutely. And I so, got to, you know, I, I got to ask you as far as the show Saturday is concerned, you guys are playing the first two albums back to back. Do you yeah. guys, do you guys have something up your sleeve as far as like an encore is concerned? If you, if you have, if you're asked to come back out, like where do you go from the first two albums? Uh, well, we do we do have encores in mind. You know, it's funny. I was I was just talking about that show that we played last Friday night. That was just a one set thing, uh, a seventy five minute set, um, and we were you know we were the last band. Um, uh, they wouldn't let us off the stage. They just kept yelling one more. We just kept picking more out um, and just kept going. Uh, it was really cool. 
uh, that that was happening. And, yeah, we got that up our sleeves, too. We have three in mind that we'd like to end the show with because if you think about Purple, Purple ends with a song called Kitchenware and Candy Bars, um, which is this lush, beautiful, uh, slow, thick, amazing song. But it ends um, – it ends kind of it, – it, it, it's, it's down a little bit. It doesn't resolve itself to a big ending. Um, and so for as amazing as that song is, it's insane. Um, um, you know, it doesn't go out with a bang. So we got, we got three songs up our sleeve that, we're, that uh, we just have um, in mind. As long as the theater's good with it, you know, because we got a lot of music to play. And if there's time, we'll just, we'll just keep on going. So that's the idea. Man. Here's a question for you. Did you ever get a chance to see them? I saw them once, two Novembers ago, with, with Jeff singing. So, unfortunately, crazily, I never got to see him uh, with Scott. I was supposed to one time uh, and didn't make it to the show. So, I saw him two Novembers ago at the Met. It was an insane show. It was STP with Jeff Gutt singing. Uh, it was Rival Sons, uh, and oh. they were insane. Uh, and then right. there was another band that was the opening band that I'd never heard of that it just became one of my favorite bands because of how great they are. They're called Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, those guys are nuts. You want to talk about swampy, good rock and roll. That's that's what that stuff is. So that was I an amazing night. I just recently came on to them, Iron. I think they're freaking phenomenal. Aren't they great? CT, you should have seen this show, too. Like, first off, it was, you know, they were channeling – they were channeling all that swampy stuff, all, all, all that Zeppelin and, and all that, that heavy, thick blues rock. Um, and uh, the show was insane. They're just running around like crazy. And at the end of the show, the, the drummer had this uh, huge, like, bass drum on a stand behind him. And he would just hit it from time to time, um, you know, when he wanted some kind of, like, low, deep thing on his drums. But for the last song, it was just a jam. So everybody's just jamming and doing their thing. And that guy picks up the stand. And he's walking around the entire stage. He goes into the audience carrying that stand with that with that big bass drum on it, just pounding it as the as the beat. And uh it was it was so cool. And you're talking about what? Like what's the met? Three thousand people, something like that? Yeah. Um, so every every seat was cool and the sound was great. It was it was amazing. So I'm gonna show my lack of knowledge on STP. <laughs> and who is left from the original band that's still in the band? Everybody, except Scott. Everybody but Scott. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Still Ro- still Robert and Dean, which, if you guys don't know, they're actually Jersey guys. I'm not sure yeah, if you I'm know that. Yeah, I was just about to say, they're from the Brunswick's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they, the band got put together in San Diego, which is where they found Eric, uh, who's still the drummer. So it's still the three of them. And, um, wow. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's Scott, but Jeff does a really great job. Jeff's got a great voice. Um and he does a really good job. He's a good showman, and he gives it uh, he gives it everything he's got, and he does a really nice job. You know, I agree. I, I was going to ask you, you know, Ira, while I have you on the line, we've had so many different rock-related conversations in the past on this show. Yeah. And uh, I had a topic in mind for this week, and while I got you on the phone, I figured I might as well ask you. There's been a lot, and this is – just taking a step away from STP for a minute. There's been so much said as far as like the stadium tour with the new Motley Crue show coming up. And I know you go back to the eighties. 
Um, What should be said as far as bands that are just dialing it in as opposed to bands that are still relevant and still good and are able to go out and perform? Uh, There's been a lot of conversation on whether or not people should know when to walk away. I want to know, Steve, I want to know your opinion. I want to know Ira's opinion as well. Okay. Steve, you want to so, go? I'll let Ira go first, and then I'll give my. So you're right, CT. I'm I'm 51 years old, right? So uh, I came up on uh, I came up on the Scorpions and Dokken and Rat and Crew and uh, you know all all of all of that stuff and Priest and Maiden and that that's my stuff, right? And you know even though I'm in a 90s tribute band, the reason it worked out this way is because. Um, when the '90s came, it did it did speak to me in a way. It, you, you know, as I got a little bit older, it felt a little bit just a little bit more uh, more real, something that I wanted to do. But I mean, I listen to hair metal every day because that's that's right. where I am. You know, with, used to have hair down to my waist. I was a, a Galaxy Cell Block Empire yeah. guy. I mean, playing all that places. So so uh, you know, two things that make me sad. Are the are the Motley Crue situation and the Dokken situation? Because if you've seen any of those, yep, uh, current yeah. Dokken videos, also with Lynch out there just crushing, and Don, he can't, he can't, and and uh, and it's so it's sad, right? Um, you know, I guess it's what the fans want. I, I it maybe is my answer. I think that's my answer. If the fans want it and they know what they're getting, then go then then go for it. I. Um, do I think they should hang it up if, if they can't provide, if, if I couldn't play like I wanted to play anymore, um, I, I probably would say I, I'm good to go. But, you know, certainly the level of fame uh, that, that they have and, and that people want to see them, if it brings people back to a place and they, they want to see it um, and they know what they're getting, then, then play. I, I, certainly, I certainly wouldn't go see Dokken. And, and that was my favorite of all the bands. Docking was, well, was my number one. Um, but I wouldn't just see him. That, I've seen... I can tell you something. Uh, I was What's just that? very, very blessed and fortunate to – there was a benefit out of uh, Sunbury, Pennsylvania, at the Spyglass Ridge Winery in yeah, Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Uh, it was yeah. in June. I was the MC for the whole event and everything, and Docking awesome. happened to be one of the artists that were performing. Um, yeah. And I can tell you his backup band – is exceptional. John Levin. I saw that. You know, and it's very, very difficult to emulate a band. You know, you know look, people say you could get another guitarist, everything like that, but no one can ever play like George played. George no. can't play like he played then. Right. You know? Uh, but he's still very, very good. And But, you know, the band that they have backing him, like backing Don now, really helps him, like, carry the weight. Because I, I 100% agree with you because I am a very big fan excuse me, of Dokken because my first Dokken show was when they toured with Kingdom Come. It was, um, it was Monsters of Rock. Monsters of Rock, yeah. I saw, Correct, I saw, you know? I saw that. Yeah, I, was, right. uh, I, I saw that show. I saw them even earlier than that playing with Twisted Sister at the Spectrum. and okay. Yeah, they, they, were, they were the guys to me, yeah. And they were great. And they owned MTV, them and Rat and stuff like that. They have so many – Great songs, and their catalog is phenomenal, and their harmonies. And like I said, BJ on drums and freaking John 
on guitar and this guy Chris, they all harmonize fantastically. But it's it's just because unfortunately Don let himself go. It's the same thing. I'm a big Crew fan. I've seen Motley Crue yeah. from when they played in '83 with Kiss till their last tour when they hung it up and said we're done. And then now they're doing the stadium tour and people are making fun of Vince because of his weight and you know. And I'm just like you know he's under a lot of pressure and we don't know if it could be medical, medically induced the reason why he has. That weight, we don't know, mm-hmm. but he doesn't sure. mention or anything. But, but, and I, I feel bad for him. But you know, and then people ask me because I've seen Kiss, and you're gonna shit yourself. I've seen Kiss 711 times, and people are always <laughs> asking me about like, oh, what are your thoughts about the backup vocals and the backing tracks? I said, look, Kiss is a band, and they're a brand, and they are there to entertain us, just like everybody else is. Uh, however, you know, there is some bands I honestly think should just call it quits. And Kiss is right. They're going out on top, hopefully. I And, and you know, there's rumors speculating about them doing a Vegas um, thing out there. And I'm sure that will happen. Um, and then, you know, uh, but honestly, Dokken already made their millions. Now let's give sure. some of these younger guys out there, you know, because there is some really great up-and-coming hard rock bands that I, I would love to see succeed just as much as Doc and or, you know, crew did. And, and it's sad because I love the music. And like you said, uh, you know, I'm a, a, I'm 47 and I, I listen to Doc and I listen to Rat, I listen to Winger and Warren. I was like in my glory uh, when I was at this benefit, you know, and here I am. I, I bought two guitars for them to sign. I donated one to the charity I was emptying for, and then I did. I brought another one for another organization. I'm a uh, trustee member of Rock and Recovery, to uh, so I'm bid on it to you know raise money for the charity. And I was just like, wow. And you know, George is banned. It was a three-piece band because it was supposed to be called Lynch Mob, but since the benefit was for youth mental health, one I couldn't mm. go by Psycho Steve. I was just Steve that weekend. Um, but then um, they couldn't call themselves Lynch Mob. So George said, we're just going to call ourselves the George Lynch Band. And it was him, Michael Devin, on bass and vocals. Michael Devin plays in White Snake. And then he had Jimmy DeAnda, the drummer from the Bullet Boys, and the original drummer to the uh, Lynch Mob. Right. And, and they were freaking fantastic. But there is some, you know, some bands out there. I would agree with you, NCT, about you know, being, you know, they were great at one time. Now it's time to let other bands shine. You know. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, it, I I hope there's still room for it, Steve. And I I agree with you that uh, you know there needs to be some new music. I think um, when you think of what pop music is, right? Pop music means it's popular and it sells, right? Pop music when we were growing up was rock music. Pop music is not rock music anymore, you know. That's right. Um, and 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 um, that's that's not what kids are putting on when they're in their car or, or when they've got their their headphones on. Or unfortunately, right? Maybe it comes back around again. I I, I don't know, but um, but pop music is is not rock. So while there will always be a place for rock, and while there will always be people that want to go see it, um, 
you know, will it ever be that again? Um, yeah, maybe. I hope it comes around again, but it's uh, it's not looking like that right now. Right. But the, the bands like like today, the current bands out today that have like that 70s, 80s, I would say 70s kind of groove, like you got bands that they give them a ton of crap for, uh, like what's the name of that band that sounds very similar? Greta Van Fleet. Greta Van Fleet. Like, Greta Van Fleet, right. Sounds like Zeppelin. You got Rivals Sons that, you know, you got this really great band, uh, Kicking Valentina. You got these bands mm-hmm. that have very similar styles and everything of the bands of yesterday, but they just don't get enough airplay. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Because they're not they're not the look. Bands are based on the talent that's out today are based on look, not sound. People are more audio looking versus or video looking or versus listening to their ears. They're looking they're listening with their eyes. I hate to say it. And then what they do is they put them on front of a mic, they put a little auto-tune on them, and release an album. And if you listen, how many um, – and we talked about Desmond Child before. Look how many songs uh, – like how many people it takes to write one of these pop artists' songs yeah. versus the artists of yesterday. It took maybe two or three of the artists or one – you know, like Desmond collaborated with Paul or Bon Jovi and everything. And then if you look at a, I don't know, Cardi B or whoever, there's like 16 people right. writing one song. Yeah. And it's like, oh, really? You know? And they do it for everybody, too. They have these these conglomerates of people that just that, that will write for all kinds of pop artists, right? It's a different business. Where yeah. the, the, young, the younger people that listen to that, they're – same thing when we were younger too, but we're, we're basically, you know, you're told what to consume. This is what they put out and it's what you get used to and it's what you start liking and, and that's what you buy and consume. And that's what, that's what pop is now. Yes, uh, it is. So, hey, I think hey, rock, CT. in my opinion, I'm raising my kids to listen to rock and metal and everything because, you know, that's what my kids say, hashtag parenting done right. I took my kids to <laughs> Exactly right. In Philly, they had a great time. You know, my oldest son was really mad because they're playing in uh, Atlantic City next month. He's going to be away with his mom and his brother. He's like, I'd rather stay home and stay home with you and go to see the Kiss concert than be bored to tears going with my mom and my brother to wherever we're going. I'm like, well, do you have a choice? Good good guy. Good parenting is right. Thank you. Hey, CT, I don't know if anybody's on the phone yet, but... I can throw that that trivia question out there one more time if you want me to. Go for it. All right. So it's it's Lounge Fly this Saturday night, the seventeenth, at the Landis Theater. Um, we're Stone Temple Pilots tribute band. We're doing Core and Purple front to back in their entirety. It's going to be an amazing night, an amazing theater in Vineland, New Jersey. And for two free tickets and two T-shirts, the question is. Stone Temple Pilots had seven number one hits. Name three of them. You name three of them, and they're easy. It's two free tickets, and it's two free T-shirts, and we have really nice T-shirts to our show this Saturday, the 17th, at the Landis Theater in Vineland. And it's an amazing place if you've never seen a show there. It's truly watching a rock show. That's what it sounds and looks like and is. It's an amazing place. Yeah, I just saw actually – Speaking of bands of yesterday, Vixen just played there last night. 
last night, yeah. And I, I'm friends with the ladies of Vixen, and, of course, they posted a couple of the videos, and they sounded in this, the stage, like, awesome. And then the night before that, yeah. there was a, an up-and-coming band called Laliac. Laliac, it's their really, like, yeah. brothers and sisters, and they sounded incredible, too. Oh, and I know yeah. a couple months ago, uh, my friend Alex Grossi, he plays guitar in um, Hookers and Blow. He's also the guitarist of Quiet Riot. Um yeah. He uh, he played there and said, "Steve, it's that the place, the people, you know, not excluding oh. the fans." He said the fans were great, but he's just like the staff was really professional, and it's in Vineland, right? Vineland, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Easy run. It's if you're if you're doing a shore weekend, it's you know, 20 minutes from the shore. It's only you know 40 minutes out of Philadelphia. It's easy from Delaware. It's 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 easy from from everywhere. And, you know, I was actually there on Saturday night watching um, uh, an all-female Led Zeppelin band called Led Zeppelin, and uh, awesome. they did the whole yeah they did the whole Presence album. It was insane. It sounded great. Uh, the drums like sounded like bomb. They were so thick and huge. Uh, and I was backstage after the show, or as the show was ending for a while, met the the guys from the Lily Act. I say kids, and I feel like an old man when I say that. But I met the, the <laughs> folks from the Liliac. What what nice, really grounded people uh, they are, um, and they're you know they're a social media sensation. Uh, and oh, they yeah. I saw them on the America's Got Talent. Yeah. That's where I saw them for the first time when they came out and yeah. did a Dio song. When they yep. did Rainbow oh, Dark, oh, I was just like, Oh, it was Rainbow. Yeah, Holy yeah, Diver. Okay. yeah, I was just like, Holy crap! You know, yeah. they, guys, they, I hate you know, to. Uh, I hate to interrupt, but can you hear me? I just had problems on my end. My Wi-Fi just crashed, but I had to call back in. Can you guys hear me? Yes, you see, Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure that I'm with you guys. It's okay. We can mute you at any time. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> that was a, that Dude, was a self The history with this show and dropping calls is insane. So. <laughs> the power of the interwebs. Gotta love it. Uh, that's, you know, yeah. the, the best friend. Sure. Well, uh, Ira, I wanted to ask you. Um, you, you know, we had conversations before the show. Uh, you had gotten the chance to go in there and make a little bit of a contact and uh, personal interactions with the people behind the Landis Theater, and uh, yes. I haven't been in there yet. I'm familiar with Pittman Theater. I'm not sure if you've ever been into the Pittman Theater. I have not. And, no. Uh, how is it in the Landis there? Oh, it's old school vibe. Yeah, it's insane. So it's an old, it's an old movie theater, not an old uh, um, like live theater. Um, but gotcha. of course, you know, no screen, no screen, huge stage, six hundred and fifty seats. Uh, definitely old vibe, uh, uh, an Art Deco-y type of, of vibe in there but with modern colors, so vibrant kind of Art Deco feel to it. It's clean as a whistle in there. It's a beautiful place. Ray Mamrick, who owns the place, uh, is uh, just an amazing guy who supports the arts, also does Greyhound Rescue, uh, uh, which is really cool. They put on great musicals there, too. Like just a month or so ago, they did uh, American Idiot, um, the Green Day Broadway show, and then starting in August, they're doing uh, um, a musical version of Heathers, which is one of my favorite 80s movies. So it's a little bit of, of everything there, and everybody's awesome. The stage is huge. There's an LED um, um, 
tele, not a television, but an LED system behind uh, the stage. So there's no banners for the bands or anything, you know, and I know a lot of places are going uh, electronic like this, but it's huge. They just upgraded the thing. Uh, he was telling me how many LED lights are in there. It's, it's kind of insane. Uh, then there's two LED, LED screens um, that kind of come out into the, uh, into the crowd. Uh, so there's graphics going on all the time. Um, um, so it's, and, and the, yeah, and the sound system's insane. So you're like, it's a real experience. It's a, it's a concert experience and, um, and it's a great place to have really nice selection of, of beers and, and wine and, and concessions and, uh, just, just really, really cool vibe. If going to a bar is not something like you feel like doing, uh, sitting in a comfortable seat or being there yelling or whatever and seeing like something in, in some, in some comfort, uh, sounds more like something you'd be into for that night. It's, it's, it's great for that. It doesn't mean you can't stand and yell because everybody was dancing the other night when I was there too, but it's, you can also just lay back and really just enjoy a show there. That's cool. Awesome. Now is is this under recently new ownership? Because, I mean, it feels like I didn't hear anything from Landis Theater for a while, and now it feels like they're really starting to pull some pretty big names in, in there and booking shows, and it feels like their their schedule's really filling up. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I believe Ray's owned it for a, for, for a while. Not, I'm not really sure, uh, but I think it's been a while. And, and you're right. I mean, like two nights before us, Winona, Winona Judd will be there. And, I mean, she was probably the biggest female country star, you know, outside of Shania Twain in the 90s, her and Garth Brooks. Absolutely. Yep. Ruled the 90s. So she'll be there two nights before us. Uh, they have the best tribute bands around. The night after us, uh, Kick the NXS tribute. Uh, who's uh, yeah. got Corey Massey uh, singing and running that band? Um, yeah, you know who else you know, is playing drums on that band, or usually does? If he wasn't stuck in Europe, believe it or not, that's another oh, Johnny circle. D, yeah. There we go. Yeah, Johnny D. There, you go. there we go. See, well, yeah, I don't. I, CT, we I don't about think he's been before. in the band in a while because he's over in Germany. But they're but they're right. just insane anyway. Yeah, that band. they're great. Yeah. Johnny yeah, D was on. I had I had an interview with Johnny Day on the uh, – it's on the Rock and Roll Union YouTube channel from Germany. We had a Skype call. Johnny D is a great guy. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Think about it. Brittany Fox, another Pennsylvania oh, yeah, band. Dude. And now he's in Duro, you know. And, and you know, incredible. he's like he's Steve again. There you go. He said something that kind of made me laugh. He said that Doro kind of swept into this area because he's not the only guy that's from this area that's in Doro. Oh, no. Now. No. Uh, mm. Nick Douglas is from here. And, of course, you know, he's played with her uh, on album, but he never toured with her. Uh, Chris Caffrey of Sabotage um, mm. is from the New York, New Jersey area. So, Sure. Yep. Man. Awesome. So, uh, well, it's always been, it's always been a great place for for top notch musicians. It's always been that that fertile fertile ground for that. So you know, makes sense. And you know, it, it's something that we had spoken about briefly was this area. You know, I was talking to um, Dave uh, Graff, who is Dylan Graff uh, from Zenora's father, and I was speaking with him. Last night at the or uh, Saturday night at the Tantric show, and we were discussing how the the East Coast used to rival the Sunset Strip back in the day, and mm. we used to have all those shows. I mean, so many people came from this area, but we're never really 
quite given the credit for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I lived in both scenes for a little while. Um, you know, I, I moved to, to LA in, in, uh, 90 and, and was there for about two years. Um, so, so saw that. And, and I actually lived only a, for a little while until I couldn't afford it anymore. I, I lived uh, a half a block off the strip for about three months. It was so crazy. I, I had to move out to the Valley, which is about, you know, 20 minutes or so away. Um, but I got to see that, and then obviously playing for for years around here at, at all the, the places. Um, you know, um, it, it was so spread out around here. That, you know, this scene was amazing, and it was everywhere. It was Philly and South Jersey and Delaware, and then you could go down to Baltimore. You could play. So it was. Um, it, it felt, I think, a little bit more electric in 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 LA on the Strip, just because it was club after club after club, and there was just thousands and thousands and thousands of, of, of kids with long hair hanging out. Just We were having a blast all night. Um, this scene was just like, it was huge, man. It was just quality. It was amazing. Um, so different in their field, but, but certainly, I mean, what was coming out of here was, was incredible. Like, what year did you live in LA, you said? I lived there from 90 to 92. So that was just basically the end of the hair bands, if you call them that, you know. Yeah, like you there felt were still the... a couple bands that were, but they didn't come out of L.A., but, you know, there was. You felt the difference, you know, Steve. You're absolutely it. right. So, yeah. In 90, it was still insane. And then you felt the difference as it, as it, as it went on. Um, the band that I was in out there was a band called Shame Shame. Um the scene was dying, so we decided to move out here. I was, I was like, hey, let's let's go back to Philly. It's a great scene. Um, we played the scene, you guys, and you know, what's that? I think I saw you. Guys, did you guys play the Spell Block? Sure. Yeah. I thought it, thought you guys sounded familiar. Show my age. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I, I saw you. <laughs> <the> spell Block. <laughs> yeah, we had a good. We had a good like. Played, what's the name of that? We had a good year Philly. run, and then it was over with, right. and and uh, changed things up, and. Went a, went a different route, but yeah, I mean, you saw the difference in just a couple of years. It's what happened. Of course. Where did I? I also because I used to DJ. There's a place called Zadar's in New Hope. Okay. Yeah. I would DJ, and then also at Club Egypt. Okay. In yeah, Philly. Sure. Yeah, and then the Vault. Yeah. Is those like all the places. Rock metal place, but yeah, I, I actually saw. That's where I first met Johnny D. Was believe it or not at. Um, a couple of those places. So, yeah, I hit the Philly scene pretty hard. Because I'm, I'm a central New Jersey guy, but I did Philly scene. I did New York scene. And there was a club in Jersey. I did the Birchill and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. So. For sure. That was that was a great place. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw quite a, uh, one of my best friends was, played Philly quite often. He had a band called Phantasm. And mm. they played the Bell Block a lot. Okay, and cool. Uh, and then I've seen Kicks there and oh, so many other great bands. I'll tell you what breaks yeah. my heart is when you see some of the bands that were signed right at that moment that had the albums coming out in the early 90s that were kind of unfairly lumped in with the rest of the 80s. Bands like uh, Bang Tango or you got bands like Sick Vicky that were big in Philly in that area. And once they finally got the albums out. It was too late. Like they were born, they were, 
the, the bands were born right on that threshold, and they never really got to grab onto what was going on at the time. Yeah, I think I think you could, I think you could put Heaven Dead in there as well. Those guys. I was going to say, yeah, Heaven was awesome. Oh my God, I was in uh, I was in a band called Painted Bride, and um, I mean, shoot, we opened for for Heaven's Edge for the two years I was in Painted Bride. I I probably opened for Heaven's Edge, I don't know, three 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 to five times a month. Uh, we played with them a lot, and. Um, and they were insane, you know, and, and, uh, uh, then I moved to LA when Pain of Bride broke up and it's, and then I saw Heaven's Edge. I went to see them play in LA, uh, at a, at a club and you saw the difference. Um, there, there weren't a lot, it's a huge room and there, there was really nobody there. And, um, it's just, it started, that's when everything started changing right there. Right. But you brought up a very valid point, CT, in regards to, like, Bang Tango. But if you think of Bang Tango, they were at the tail end of it, but they still had pretty decent success because of the other band that also evolved from Bang Tango. You remember? You right. had Beautiful Creatures, which was a freaking mm-hmm. monster of a band that, you know, should have gotten more recognition. You know, they got to be on OzFest, one of the biggest touring, you know, festivals, because that was really – I, in my opinion, besides Monsters of Rock, but, you know, in the mid-'80s. But then you had um, – because there wasn't – after a while, because what was there, Lollapalooza and Ozfest, and there was no other, like, really touring rock fest. And then there was nothing else. There was no rock fest for a really, really long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also uh, another really great band that came out of, like, Cylinder – Jersey, Philly area was the dropouts. They were called the beauty school dropouts, and then they became the dropouts. Um, yeah. You know, um, Mickey Twist was in Love Maker. You know, the drummer who became the frontman mm. of the dropouts, which is crazy. Um, but uh, it's and then Firehouse. They got the tail end of the hair band. They did Slaughter. You know, but some of them still survived, which is great because I'm a huge Slaughter fan. I'm a huge Firehouse fan. I'm a huge Bang Tango fan. Pretty Boy Floyd just played um, M3, you know, another band. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, with, I hate to say it, LA Guns kind of got short shafted too because they had some, you know, they had some success with their first debut album. And then, you know, it took a bit and then they came out with another album in the 90s and they had several albums. Same with Enough's Enough. I loved Enough's yeah. Enough. They were one of my, oh, I you know. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yep. So. Agreed. Yeah, it, it, it kind of, well, the, the other thing that I wanted to touch on, which kind of goes into the same thing, was the reason why the 90s came out was kind of a rebellion from the 80s, and there were just bands that were signed that weren't really that good, but signed on an image. And then the 90s came out as kind of like a rebellion to that. But I feel like the 90s went the same way. I mean, we saw a flannel selling for a hundred and something dollars in the mall. Everybody's wearing Chuck Taylors. And, like, am I wrong on that? Did you guys see the same thing? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's just like what what Steve was talking about earlier about these, these songs and these people that are just kind of made 
from uh, uh, a conglomerate of uh, folks, including the record companies and writers and producers. If once something becomes popular, it makes money. That's that's what those things are. They're machines that make money. They're gonna they're gonna copy it, right? And so, absolutely happen. You get a one hit wonder. Uh, you get those early bands, whatever those early bands were. Call them call them Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Soundgarden and, and SPP and Alice in Chains. Um, and then everything after. I mean, and there was still great other music, but then it was about the look. I mean, and the same thing happened with hair metal. To your point, CT, it was just. How big was your hair, and what did you dress like? And, and the music and the songs became secondary. It became a caricature of itself, and so it dies. And same thing, same thing happened um, in the 90s, and, and it'll probably continue to do that forever. But, um, but there's still such quality that, that, that came out of there and, and, and the 80s um, that, you know, we'll always have that stuff. Yeah, man, it, it's just – the 90s was the last great uh the last great era for rock i mean you know for the longest time i hated nirvana i hated everything that came out about it because i felt like it it just dropped rock in general and it only recently did i start reevaluating that and seeing that you know that was the last great era that really every decade up until 2000 had a definitive look and sound to that generation, right? to that Agreed. decade. And I don't feel like we've had that in the past two decades. Do you guys yeah. feel and, the and same or is there some kind of outlook that you guys could give me differently? No, I agree with you. And I'll, and I'll even add on to that, not just music, but, but, you know, other art like cinema, right? I mean, the nineties, when you think about, uh, the Matrix and Pulp Fiction and uh, True Romance and uh, Seven and like there was there were some of the best movies yeah. that, that that you can see. Also, it was just there was so much art going on. Uh, uh, little sometimes it was like super dark and and creepy, and I love that, you know. Um, but um, I would say in my top 10 movies, probably five of them are from the nineties. And, and to this day, I, I still love them, but they seven can't come on the TV with, and I don't care where it is in, in, the, in, you know, as I turn on the TV, if it's on, I'm, I'm finished watching it from where it is. Um, same thing with a lot of, a lot of those other movies like fight club. It doesn't matter where it is. If oh, I turn yeah. it on, I'm, fi- I'm finishing it. Right. It's like, it, it, it's just amazing stuff. So there was a lot of really cool art going on at that time for sure. There was another like there. There was a whole line of sarcasm, like black comedy that went on in the '90s. I think about uh, movies like Heather's, or I think about movies like uh, Very Bad Things. Some of my favorite movies came out of that era, and it was just geared towards that. But it looks like we might have a caller on the line. Might be a, a grabber for that question. All Thanks right. for calling the Rock and Roll Union. Who we got on the line? What's up? It's George. Um, George Almond. George Almond. What's up, man? Well, first of all, I'm trying to Google your accuracy on Heather's. I think that was actually 1989. That is correct. It might be. You know what? You're right. It might be. All right, so you should just quit podcasting and get off the air. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. Thanks for the support, George. (laughs) 
So what's anyway, up? Uh, who, who else do we have on the line? My boy, Psycho Steve. Psycho Steve? Yeah, man. Psycho, you there? Yes. He's not with us right now. I mean, we might have lost him. You know what? He may have Psycho had the same Steve problem you did. Ways, but, uh, yeah, I think he left for the evening. But yeah, he goes back a ways. He's our new co-host. He goes. He he was on tour with Kiss at certain points and uh, has a big music history behind him. But I think yeah, he did tell me he was going to jump offline a little bit early. So ah, I guess it's just gotcha. three of us now, George. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, me you and George. Who's the other person? It's Ira. Ira. How's it going, man? Oh, Ira. Uh, the, the, you're the, uh, the, 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 the STP drummer dude, right? Yeah, I am the STP drummer dude. That's my official title. Uh, okay. Correct. <laughs> well, actually, it would be um, LF drummer, I guess. LF, LFD. That is correct. <laughs> LFDD, L, uh, Loungefly drummer dude, my, my official <laughs> title. Cool, man. Well, hey, congrats. <laughs> I, I see on Facebook you guys are at the, uh, the uh, Landis Theater. This Saturday night, yeah, that's what we're talking about right here. We're doing a little uh, little trivia giveaway and and uh, talking to CT, hyping up the show a little bit. I appreciate everything he always does for us. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Whenever, whenever uh, we do something, I'll I'll reach out to him as well. So yeah, he's good for that. He, he's not a bad good, guy, I guess. For, yeah, he's good for a lot of things. <laughs> Nah, I used to do the show with him for, uh, I guess, what, a few months, maybe four or five months. Man, it was at least six months, I want to say. Yeah. But what do you think, George? Can you answer the question? We're looking for three number one STP songs, Stone Temple Pilot songs. You, they you'll had get seven numbers. number one hits, George. Can Can you make it to the show on Saturday? I I I can. I was actually already planning on it. Okay. Well, I got. Um, I, we're doing. We're doing a, a giveaway. Unless you're. Unless you're already going. But I got no, a trivia. No, no, I, 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 I have not purchased yet. And, and even if I did, I would. I would still want to play. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get a group. A group of people going. Uh, well, for one thing, I would like to get a designated driver. And. Um, yeah. And well, here's up, what you can do. If, if you know the answer to the question, you get two free tickets and two T-shirts, and then you can get some other folks to grab some tickets. Um, and, and, you know, incentivize some people to come with you and be a driver for a free ticket. And it's a party, man. Yeah, man. So what's the, uh, what do I got, what do I got to answer? The trivia question, question is, STP had seven number one hits. What were three of them? They had seven number one hits. I knew they had a lot of hits, but yeah. number one hits, really? Seven number one hits. I mean, I could believe it. Oh, man, because, I mean, I don't even think, like, Aerosmith had, like, one hit, but they have a bunch of hits. But, man, number one, um, hmm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Plush has to be one of them. Okay, you got it. Okay, because, I, th- I, th- I mean, I don't know, man. Okay, well, good. All right. Um, Come on, they're easy. You got it. Three of them? Three of them. Probably all the ones oh. you think of. For one. You know my favorite. Uh, well, 
I remember the first time here. I, I, I don't think it matters how much I like it, it whether it was number one hit or not. I, I'm going to say Interstate Love Song. Interstate Love Song, yep. Interstate Love Song and would, would be their, their biggest hit and their no, and number one and plus, yep. You know, I'm thinking, I'm not going to say because it was too early in the career and I don't think it was a number one hit. So I'm, afra- mm. I'm afraid to say the one I'm thinking. Right. Um, I think you're you're stalling, so you're googling. No, no, <laughs> my phone. No, my phone. I can't. I can't. I can't Google while I talk on the phone. I can't do All anything. Right, I, think got a, uh, I think they had a lot of uh, hits off that first album. Am I right, Ira? Uh, they had a lot of hits off that that first album. Wait, how many? How many? Like, how many guesses do I do? do I get three out of five or something? No, man, come on. Um, You're probably right on that other one, George. I'm I'm, I'm not going for that because it it, it was the first song I've ever heard from him. I I doubt it was. I know what song that is, and that was not a number one hit. Okay, okay, that's a good hit. Charted for a long time, and I think it may have gotten the number two. I know it's Something I know like it's got to be it. I know it's got to be hit. You, you know what's usually number one hit is the first song from like an album after a popular album. I'm hmm. going with uh, I'm going with Vaseline because that was the first song on uh, Purple, right? That the first single. That was the first single, and that, that, that was the number that, one that's hit. Got, that, that's got to that's got to be number one because it came off of that core album. So no matter uh, what single was no matter what single it, was it was it a number one? It was number one. Yes. Oh my yeah. God! Wow. There you go. Wow. That was luck. I mean, um, I figure plush was. I yeah. think they had seven though. Wow. Yeah, they had uh, uh, they had tripping on a hole in a paper heart, which was the number one hit. They had Big Bang Baby. They uh, they also had um, Lady Picture Show was a number one hit. Oh wait, never guessed that one. I, I know. I, I mean, I know, um, I know it's a big hit. I know it's a big hit, but I didn't think it a number one hit though. Hey, remember, so, you know, a, just a number one hit can be it hits the charts, time. gets the number one. Yep. Ira, what does George need to do as far as getting the tickets, shirts, etc.? I'll hit George up on Facebook, and, uh, okay, and awesome. I'll arrange everything. Yep, I can yeah, forward George, you the tickets. Just so you know. I don't know if you knew this, George. They're playing the first two albums back to back, so yeah, they put all that those songs you Facebook part of that show. Well, not all of them. I'm not going to hear uh, tripping, right? Well, CT was asking me earlier about encores. Oh, uh, there we and go. That might be that might be the first encore if, if you like that song. <laughs> I just know it's not on the first two albums. No, it's not. That's a that's a fun one to play. So we're. Uh, we got a couple I, I of other play, number one hits. That would have yeah, it's a badass tune. So, that's uh, that's got the funky groove all over the place. Big Boy's Babies was a number one hit. Yeah. Where can uh, where can people get the tickets? I mean, find the show, all that stuff. Yep. Your website, et cetera. You got it. So on Facebook, we are Loungefly uh, Stone Temple Pilots Tribute. Uh, we're also on the internet. Uh, loungeflytribute.com you can also go to thelandistheater.com and see all the great stuff that they do but we will be there and the ticket links are on our Facebook they're on the Landis page 
as well. Um, it's Saturday night. The doors open at 7. The show starts at 8. We're playing core. Then there's uh, an intermission. We're playing purple. There's some encores. It's a ton of music. Well worth your time. Well worth a couple dollars that you're going to spend. Uh, the theater is amazing. They got good beers and, 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 and other stuff to drink. And uh, it's just a, it's a great theater. We're going to crush it. The, the, the place sounds amazing. It's, 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 it's a concert hall. You're, you're hearing concert sound. Um, and uh, we're going to bring it to you heavy. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And I'm very excited to be rocking that, guys, man. I'll be hanging right with my boy, George. Right, George? You going, too? Yeah, man, I'll be over there. What, did you, did, did you win two tickets, too? <laughs> Dude, I had to get my oh, wait a minute. George you don't think George I'm giving now. you the other ticket, do you? No, nah, nah. You, you want my ticket. Yours, brother. So, guys, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your evening. George, thank you. You are a winner. Ira will be in touch with you momentarily. And, Ira, thank you as always, brother. Thanks, CT. I'll see you on Saturday. Thanks, guys. See you, George. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Later. So, guys, that was Ira from Loungefly. Get out and see that show at the Landis Theater. This coming Saturday night, doors open at 7, show starts at 8. Until next time, bring back rock and roll. Have a good week, guys.